There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, it's hard to believe it's Monday already, but here we are with a new week and a new week of podcasts. We're thankful for each of our subscribers, those of you that tune in and listen each and every day. Maybe you're joining us for the first time. I want to welcome you to the podcast. We are teaching doctrine, the doctrine of the Word of God. We were in the house of God this weekend, and it's amazing now for 25 years now, every weekend, my thoughts, my intents, my desires is towards the house of God. I cannot think of a handful of times in 25 years that I've missed the house of God on a weekend. And it's amazing how God's put me in the house of God, a place of teaching, a place of doctrine, a place of preaching, a place of instruction. We had a privilege uh, yesterday to preach at the Mont Alto Bible Baptist Church, and that's in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. It's just a small church. There's just five of them there. Some were sick, could not be there. Uh, my family, and of course a guest with us, doubled their number plus one. So we had 11 folks in church. And what a privilege to be in the house of God and to be able to preach to folks that wanted to hear preaching, to be able to expound the doctrine of the word of God. And as we assembled in that place, doctrine was paramount. Doctrine was foremost. We were there to hear what thus saith the Lord. And so I'm thankful for a people that is willing to hear thus saith the Lord. Uh, We are members in good standing, at least as of today, as far as I know, in the Manasseh Community Baptist Church of Blaine, Pennsylvania. Our church is concerned about doctrine. Right doctrine produces right living. Wrong doctrine produces wrong living. And I've been on this kick lately. For those of you that have been around me, you would know this and understand this. Those of you who have not been around me may not understand. But I've been on this kick lately about bad doctrine from music. And uh, he doesn't need to know your name. You need to know his name. And uh, your sins don't need to be under the blood. Your sins need to be washed in the blood. Jesus wasn't born in the lilies across the sea. He was born in a stable. He was born humble, humble beginnings, lowly beginnings. And again, so we see these things that create doctrine. These songs that we sing create doctrine. And I hear repeated over and over again. I hear the statement made, I claim the blood. Well, nowhere in the word of God do you see to claim the blood. What we knew is we claim the name of Jesus Christ. And the blood of his son cleanseth us from all sin. And so, again, I hear this said all the time. Why? Because it's a song that says, I claim the blood. Well, he didn't tell us to claim the blood. What we claim is the name of Jesus Christ, that name which is above every name. And so, again, bad doctrine through bad music, through wrong music, through the lyrics, but also through modern religion and the practice of religion. Bad doctrines propagated all across the Internet. Some of the most famous people uh, in, in religious circles today are Internet superstars. 
And some are tearing down the foundation. Some are attacking the foundation. Some deny the doctrine of repentance. Some deny the doctrine of faith. And yet they're superstars. They've got tens of thousands of views. And they got thousands of followers. And there are some people I meet on the on the, on the streets. I've meet in churches as I travel. And they say, oh, I'm a convert of so-and-so. They'll name some internet preacher. Yet when you preach and teach doctrine, I've had them walk out on me. I've had them confront me angrily about a doctrine we've preached because their their internet pastor doesn't teach that same doctrine or he teaches contrary. And when confronted with the King James Bible, they reject truth. Why? They're following a YouTube preacher. That's why it's so important to be in the house of God, where the church has the oversight of the doctrine, the bishop has oversight of teaching that doctrine. The church has oversight of making sure the bishop is teaching the right doctrine. And God put that in place and God planned for it to be so. And so we have a bishop at our church. He's We call him a pastor. He is also an elder in our church. And he establishes the doctrine for the church. And then the people of the congregation sit there and ensure what he is teaching is right doctrine. And if we do have a fault with his doctrine, we don't rebuke an elder, but by the mouth of two or three witnesses. And so a couple of the men where the church would get together and we would go not to sow discord, but to restore that pastor because of bad doctrine. And by the way, I've rarely seen that done. I've read, definitely not seen it done correctly ever in my life. Usually somebody flies off the handle, gets all bent out of shape, blowed out, bowed out. People say, well, I have I have ought with somebody. Why don't you go to them? That's what the scripture says to do. I recently heard of someone who said, I've been offended by people in that church. Well, why don't you grow up a little bit? Hey, man, why don't you put on your big girl big girl skirt and your big boy pants, and why don't you go to the people that have offended you, and why don't you go tell them that they've offended you, and tell them, instead of telling everybody else around the sun, you've been offended. It's amazing how people just don't want to obey the doctrine of the Scripture. They don't want to obey the doctrine of the Word of God. Now, I didn't mean to rant and rave this morning on the podcast, but it's a little bit too late for that. But I did want to expound on a couple of verses. I want to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and in verse 4. He says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God, which is given you by Christ Jesus. Now, he said the grace of God was given us by Christ Jesus. Now, that you there, we understand, is plural. It's an individual plurality, meaning it's you, or we would say today, you all. It's you individually, but it's to the group. So he's speaking to all the saints of God, but it's the individual there in in the saints of God he is speaking to. They're the grace of God, which is given you by Jesus Christ. Now, Titus told us in chapter 2, And verse 11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Now, that's the promise of God. So it's appeared to all men, but the grace of God has only been given to the saints of God. And he says, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Now, a preacher friend of mine had texted me this passage, and it just kind of fit exactly where I was in these scriptures yesterday. But in... Acts chapter 18 and verse 27, when he disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come, helped them much, which had believed through grace. So notice that he said it believed through grace. Now, what was that grace? It's the grace of God that has appeared to all men everywhere, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So the grace of God has appeared to all men. But then he said that some believed through grace. That's the grace which was given to them. 
And so we go to the book of Ephesians, and the book of Ephesians chapter 2, and a well-known passage of Scripture, verses 8 and 9, simply say this, For by grace are ye saved through faith. So we know that grace is the vehicle by which we're saved through faith. That grace appeared to all men. Then that grace was given to us, and some of us believed through that grace that was given to us. We believed the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We believed the gospel of God. And because we believe the gospel of God, and only because we believe the gospel of God, we're saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, this isn't something drummed up, worked up, it's because the grace of God hath appeared to all men. The only reason I'm saved by the grace of God is because God's grace hath appeared to all men everywhere. And so we see that it's not of yourselves, it's not me, it's not in the power of my flesh, it's not in the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. He said, but of God in verse, or in John chapter 1. And so it's a, the work of God. It's the salvation of God by the grace of God. It's been given to all men if men would just see Jesus Christ. He said, it is the gift of God. Now, is it the gift of God to every man? No, it's the gift of God to those who repent. It's the gift of God to those that believe. It's the gift of God that those that come to him with a broken and a contrite heart, those that will bow the knee to him, believe that he is, and know that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Verse 9 says, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so again, I didn't earn it. I didn't drum it up. I couldn't work it up. I couldn't do this in my own flesh. It's the grace of God appeared to all men. Then God gave me that grace. I was saved through that grace when I believed the gospel. How did I believe the gospel? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, which reminds me of Romans chapter 10. The most often used incorrectly doctrinal verse in all of the Word of God. It's not a bad verse, it's a wonderful verse. But whosoever whoso shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And he goes on and he asks, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we hear the word of God. The word of God works a miracle in our life. The word of God penetrates our dark and cloudy hearts, our stormy hearts, our our lifeless hearts, our lightless hearts, and God penetrates the darkness with light. And God then saves that man that comes to repentance. And it is a whosoever will salvation. So we go, Brother McVeigh, you're, you're borderline Calvinist. No, I'm not a borderline Calvinist. I'm not the slightest bit of a Calvinist. For I simply believe that a whosoever will gospel, but I also believe that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's all should come to repentance. It doesn't say all will come to repentance or all might come to repentance. He said that all should come to repentance. And so their obligation is to come to repentance. Their obligation is to seek the God of heaven. By grace you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. 
Your seeking is not going to help you find God. I know there's none that seeketh after God, but the Bible doesn't contradict itself, for he told men to seek him. Yet he said there's none that seeketh after God. What I've learned in these years of ministry is men say they're seeking God, but they're not seeking God. Men say, oh, I'm seeking the Lord, but they're seeking pornography. They say, oh, I'm seeking the Lord, but they're seeking a party life. Oh, I'm seeking the Lord, but they're seeking money. They're seeking notoriety. They're seeking fame. They're seeking anything but God. Yet their lips are saying, I'm seeking God, but their hearts are far from God. Paul's writing to young Timothy said on this wise, who will have all men? Now, that's not hard to discern. All men, that includes every man that's ever been born into this world, who would have all men to be saved. Now, I notice this word there, who will. What is that? It's the will of God that all men be saved. Now, is God going to save all men? No, he will not. Why? Because they will not come to repentance. And so he's willing for them to be saved. His will is for all men to be saved. He taketh no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And so God wants all men to be saved through his will, yet men will not be saved. Why? He said to come under the knowledge of the truth. And so we learn in the book of 2 Thessalonians, the apostle Paul writing of that man of sin, which is to come, the son of perdition, that wicked. It says that men would not come under the knowledge of the truth. And so that's the day in which we're in. Men will not come under the knowledge of the truth. Why? They do not want to hear the truth. And I don't understand that. I don't fully understand or comprehend why a man wouldn't want to come under the truth, but they do not want to come under the truth. And so he says on this wise concerning those which will not come under the truth, he said they would not receive the love of the truth. Now, to receive the love of the truth is to believe. Now, I said 1 Thessalonians, I'm at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. They would not receive the love of the, of the truth. They would not come under the truth. We're in a day and an hour which men say, I'm seeking God. I'm looking for God. Yet they will not come under the truth. Why? They won't receive the love of the truth. That's why in John chapter 1, he said, as many as received him. What is him? Well, he's the way, the truth, and the life. He is also love, for God is love. We know that. And so they would not receive Jesus Christ. They would not receive the person of Jesus Christ. Yet Timothy told us, who will have all men to be saved. Yet all men will not be saved, even though it's God's will for them to be saved. Why? Because they will not come under the knowledge of the truth. They will not receive the love of the truth. They will not receive Jesus Christ. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So why is doctrine so important? Because doctrine tells us about Jesus Christ. Doctrine reveals the person of Jesus Christ, the man, Christ Jesus. And doctrine reveals him from the word of God. Those of you that have been following the podcast, we've been in the Messianic Psalms now for on our fifth month going in Messianic Psalms. Lord willing, tomorrow we're going to continue with the Messianic Psalm because we're teaching the doctrine of the Psalms concerning the person of Jesus Christ. And we see him in the scriptures. We see him by faith. We'll be in Psalm 27, Lord willing, tomorrow, and we'll be revealing again the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to to preach Jesus Christ. We want to 
show Jesus Christ. We want to reveal Jesus Christ because he is the way and he is the truth and he is the life. And we desire that all men would be saved, but all men will not be saved. Why? Because their will is set against God. There are men that will not seek the Lord. There are men that will harden their hearts and stiffen their necks and refuse to hear even the word of God being preached. There are religious people that would claim salvation that will not set themselves under the preaching of the word of God. And when they do sit under the preaching, they fault fine. They criticize. It's too loud. It's too quiet. It's too boisterous. It's too offensive. Doesn't he know that there are people here that have problems? Doesn't he know there's people here that have issues? Why isn't he more sensitive? Why doesn't he care more? And they will not receive the truth of the word of God. Why? Because they're not willing to hear what God has to say. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. They must hear the word of God. They must respond to the word of God. Nay, I say, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Well, you say, why did you put this on the podcast today? Well, I'm not sure, but I was riding home from Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, and I felt impressed of the Lord to deal again with the will of God and salvation. You see, today, there's there's basically three roads that lead out of the word of God that men take. One is Calvinism. That's the idea that only the elect will be saved and the elect according to their knowledge, according to foreknowledge, which is a biblical term, but they they believe it's a limit of atonement. They believe Jesus Christ only died for the elect. He only died for just a few people, and those are the only ones that will be saved, and they discredit the will of man. They misunderstand the will of man. They preach only the will of God as he'll only save the elect according to foreknowledge knowledge that he died for, and it's a limited atonement that they preach, and then the perseverance of the saints that they preach is called tulip theology, and it's propagated throughout this nation. On the flip side of that, you have what we call easy grace, easy believism, easy prayerism, where you just run down the Romans road, you repeat a few verses, you say a few words, you call yourself saved, somebody else pronounces you saved, and you go out and you live like hell for the rest of your life, when somebody pronounced you saved, so you magically go to heaven without faith, without grace being applied to your life, without seeing a changed life, and by the way, the flip side of each one of those coins is damnation. But right where God is, in the middle of the Word of God, if you'll crease the pages of a King James Bible, you'll find out that Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. He died for all men. He, his grace appeared to all men. His grace was given only to those that believed in his name, and they only believed because the Word of God came to them. And my friend, if you fall somewhere short of that, you're lost. You fall somewhere short of that, you're without hope, you're without Christ. You fall short of repentance, you die lost. You fall short of faith, you die lost. You fall short of the King James Bible, you die lost, friend. And the urgency today, and the urgency of salvation, the need of salvation is so great in people's lives. And the Lord so impressed me this morning and said, you're going to get on and preach the podcast on the grace of God that's appeared to all men. Because God's grace is available. God's grace is out there. God's grace is seeking sinners. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. His grace is still searching. He is still seeking. He's looking for whosoever will. What is that will? That's the will of man. He's looking for whosoever will turn. 
He's looking for who for whosoever will accept. He's looking for whosoever will believe. He's looking for whosoever will that will repent. That's the whosoever will. That whosoever will may come and drink of the water of life freely. I might I say to my friend, if you have a friend, a loved one that's lost, and someone that doesn't have any assurance of faith, would you let them know about this podcast? Would you send them this specific episode? I believe it's been impressed of the Lord to preach this for a reason and for a purpose. And I do pray that, friend, you would propagate this, not because it's Tim McVeigh, because it's the Word of God. Not because I'm the one preaching, because it's the word of God. And God so impressed upon me, I said, well, I must break away from tradition. I must break away from format. And Monday's podcast is going to be the grace of God that's appeared to all men everywhere, teaching us to deny an ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. It doesn't mean we rely on self. It doesn't mean on mean we rely on the works of righteousness which we have done. It doesn't mean that we're saved of our own doing, of our own words. No, it's the grace of God. It's the faith of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Do you see him in the scriptures? Would you tune in again tomorrow as we begin again in the Messianic Psalms and the study of the Psalms concerning Jesus Christ? There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.